Composer Panka Kuniva has worked on some of the biggest games and films in Hollywood. She's worked alongside Steve Jablonski on projects like Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands, and Gears of War III, orchestrating Steve's melodies. Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Rees. Panka recently had two months between projects, and she took that chance to make her own record. There's combat, drama, and fantasy-themed music on it. It's called A Warrior's Odyssey. We talked about that and her journey to the United States from Bulgaria. United States 22 years ago. I was 23 at the time. I had just finished college and uh, the Berlin Wall fell down and the communism collapsed. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, it just happened that the same year when I was finishing college, I had to figure the next step for my 20s. And then my parents suggested that I look for a graduate school in the United States that offers a master's degree in composition. And I um, found about Duke University, which yes. has a fantastic program. Um, at the time, it was only master's. So I applied. Um, they did not have any li- limitations for citizenship, which made me eligible. They accepted me. Mm. And uh, I just came to the United States 22 years ago with a student's visa for three semesters. It was a situation that was working so well that my professors actually recommended to the graduate school to establish a doctorate program. I became the first doctorate student in the composition program at Duke University. Time came for me to decide what kind of professional path I was going to choose for my mature years as a Mm -hmm. mature artist. So I always loved collaborating. I loved cinema since childhood, loved theater, worked uh, in many theaters in Bulgaria and also in North Carolina uh, composing incidental music. So it was a very organic, very natural choice for me to focus on film scoring. I decided to come to Hollywood just like anybody else with one computer and a gigantic dream to build a career as a film composer in Hollywood. collaborative skills and obviously composing skills, but I had very little understanding, in fact, no understanding of how the business worked of building a career as a film composer. And also my technical chops were pretty basic. I mean, I pretty much had to learn on the fly by myself the whole very complex technical skills that are required for modern day film composer. Having a more traditional, I would imagine, composition background At what point did you really start to delve into all of the electronic aspects of creating music that that are available these days? Um, I would say a little bit at Duke and mostly, very intensely, for the 13 years I've been in Hollywood, and I'm still learning. Sure. At this point in, in my career, I consider these four elements to be absolutely vital ingredients of a career film composer, that is collaborative skills, talent as a composer, technical knowledge, and um, knowing, knowing the business, just having business acumen, having entrepreneurial spirit. 
Prior to this album, A Warrior's Odyssey, you had been involved uh, with a number of different games. You'd been involved in the Prince of Persia series, Gears of War. You did some work on Transformers. And then you, what kind of, I guess, encouraged you personally to create this standalone album called A Warrior's Odyssey? It's, it has to do with my core value system. I always believed that when you're given a chance of a lifetime, a gigantic opportunity, you, you can't just sit still, but you have to build upon that. So through my relationship with Steve Jablonski, for whom I've orchestrated for the last eight years, mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to work on these gigantic, wonderful um, games, and I saw this as my lifetime opportunity. I'd, I'd say the most important motivation was just to keep building upon what already I have, and uh, and then also to hone in on my own voice, to try and uh, find what is exactly my voice that is building upon these opportunities with Steve Jablonski on these gigantic games, and yet it's unique and my own. I started composing these pieces, and again, the original intention was to compose a couple of battle pieces to kind of practice these muscles. Yes. I understood that this actually, uh, these battle pieces could link together and have an arc of their mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. So that was a process. It didn't really happen right away, but I was very, um, I was very deliberate about the whole idea of creating a concept album with uh, battle um, battles alternating with these personal pieces. Yes. Uh, the battle being the epic piece. So you have, um, you know, going between back and forth between. Uh, epic music and then personal music that reflects upon defeat, uh, picking yourself up. So the whole intention was to have these battle pieces alternate with the defeat pieces. And then the whole idea was that you always pick yourself up and you carry on. you have to really do a Bulgarian thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. So the middle of, this, uh, of the album was going to be that kind of Bulgarian-influenced music, uh, mm-hmm. which is more kind of fantasy and uh, has to do with ancient times. And, and um, these were very much influenced by my Bulgarian upbringing and the kind of music I um, have known since my childhood. that you have done quite a bit in in the time that you've been working in the business is what you've mentioned, this collaboration, doing instrumentation for some composers. You take what they're writing and, and you orchestrate it, correct? It's always a matter of time. I mean, they would, if they uh, had the time, they would do it, but the, the deadlines are so insane that the focus of a composer has to be on pleasing their clients mm-hmm. and delivering to the studio. So while they're busy creating the 
MIDI mockups, the computer mockups, mm -hmm. to show how the music is going to sound. My job is to support composer's vision by creating these really um, intricate orchestrations and scores. Mm -hmm. um, in hindsight, I'm very grateful to this career as an orchestrator because it has given me a chance. It has given me an access to a really high-level projects, such as the Transformers films for Steve Jablonski mm -hmm. or a couple of films for Hans Zimmer, including Pirates of the Caribbean 3, mm -hmm. Angels and Demons. I mean, normally as a composer, composers have to wait for decades to even have a chance to compete with such a film. But as an orchestrator, I built a body of work at a really high level. understand the significance of someone taking someone else's music and orchestrating it and filling in some of the some of the gaps as it were. Yeah. This is mentioned in the liner notes of A Warrior's Odyssey. There's a piece by Russian composer Modest Mazorsky yeah. called Pictures at an Exhibition and he he wrote this for a for piano, but yeah. another famous composer as you well know stepped in and orchestrated it. And if you can explain the impact that that particular piece had on you for a warrior's odyssey, that'd be great. Oh, I've known, I've loved picture, uh, pictures of an exhibition since I was a child. I must yeah. have been five or six. My mom took me to so many classical concerts, and mm. one of them was actually this famous Bulgarian pianist performing the pictures, and, and she oh, would wow. uh, play three pieces and then kind of give a little lecture, you know, 10 minutes speaking about the pictures and the context. And I will remember, I mean, this is like a visceral wow. memory of being a seven-year-old taken to a classical concert and then our art teacher in school I think he was fourth or fifth grade at one time we had this uh, series of pictures that we had to actually draw by listening to the music so this is one piece that I've known since mm. early childhood and my mother uh, she's a music professor and she always kind of spoke about this the symphony cycle where you have a fast epic first movement mm -hmm. and then slow um, personal second movement which is all about personal feelings and it's very introspective it's contemplative so I thought well this is a perfect model for me too I will um, alternate these big epic action pieces mm -hmm. and then in between I would have these personal pieces that are all about personal feelings and they're very introspective and obviously mm -hmm. the instrumentation is scaled down so I would say uh, the pictures of exhibition and the classical symphony are the two very clear models for how I decided to structure my CD. things that uh, reminds me, uh, of course, of pictures at an exhibition is this gorgeous trumpet solo that you wrote in a, in a track called Flowers at a Monument. Yeah. And such beautiful trumpet writing there. And that oh, made me you. think of that as well. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, this piece had a very specific emotion. And again, as a childhood, we got dragged to all sorts of monuments of heroes. That's just kind of one distinctive memory of, let's say, elementary school, going to monuments and putting flowers, you know, for mm. heroes who fought against the Ottoman Empire or the Nazis. That's, that, that's like a big sort of thing for Bulgarian school children, going to museums and monuments. Mm -hmm. So again, this piece came from a very visceral, very real memory. Mm. As a child going to various museums and monuments, and just putting laying flowers. someone like yourself is working so much in Hollywood, you really don't have that much free time to just write about yourself or for yourself. And this must have been a real freeing experience for you. I think it even says in the liner notes, this is one of the first times you wrote without a temp score. Yeah. Wow. I had two free months and I immediately decided that's exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, mm -hmm. I was going to use that little lull between jobs to sit down mm -hmm. and do exactly that very personal project. And as soon as the free time occurred, I just sat down and in two months composed the entire CD. The very first piece, Waiting for Dawn to Break, we hear this uh, beautiful motif, this melodic motif that is kind of um, threaded through the, the rest of the album. Can you talk a bit about some of the elements that you used thematically throughout the record? This particular piece, Waiting for Dawn to Break, uh, actually had a very humble beginning. It began as a demo for a zombie survivalist video game. <laughs> so the whole idea was to have this fragile, very fragile motif. I, I used cello, I used bowed mm -hmm. electric guitar, <laughs> all the smears, the string smears. This is actually an acoustic you know, guitar bowed. And uh, there's piano, and uh, there's a little bit of synthesized orchestra at the end, and all the drums and sense of, um, you know, desperation and sense of um, hope. So that was, that was the first piece. Another one that I, I really loved called Between Eden and Distant Fields. And again, this is, this is a little bit more intimate moment in, in the record. And it's very much like chamber music. Can oh, yeah. you tell me about Between Eden and Distant Fields? Yeah. I um, have always loved um, composing for string quartet. And I have two very strong, one of them. The, my first string quartet is just one of my strongest pieces that I composed in my 20s. I was 27. Mm. In Hollywood, we learned to be very conscious about budgets. Since <laughs> this was a project that I was going to um, sponsor myself, I had to figure a way if I couldn't possibly afford, you know, 20 or 18 orchestral pieces. So the whole idea was the battle pieces were going to be orchestral, but then the okay. intimate pieces were going to be with a string quartet. Okay. So that was the live component, the live instruments are the string quartet alone. And uh, then the rest of the orchestration is uh, pretty much 
the kind of the kind of texture you would encounter in fantasy games where you have a very ambient sound and kind of layers of ambience. I very specifically wanted to draw on um, Eastern European and Slavic, Russian if you will, but Slavic influences. want to again say thank you. I've really enjoyed getting to know you and your music and I look forward to hearing more. Emily, thank you so very much. Thanks for listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese and our technical director is Sam Keenan. It's actually the last show Sam will mix. He's moving on with his own work in illustration and composition. And Sam and I basically created this show together. We did create this show together. And so it's super sad for me to see him go. But he is one of my dear friends, and uh, I'll try and keep you posted from time to time on what he's up to. The next episode of Top Score features Peter McConnell, who wrote the score for the ridiculously fun game called Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. So that's coming up next week. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr at Top Score Podcast. You can also leave feedback at classicalmpr.org slash topscore. Emily, you didn't ask me, but I thought it's important to add why am I so passionate about working in video games. And um, the reason I'm so passionate about working in video games, and I've just loved learning and exploring the whole game field in the last couple of years, because I feel there's a real revolution as far as how wonderful, how richly emotional and evocative the narratives have become. And also the game scores are just, to my ear, the most exciting most innovative field of composing right now, so there's a real sense of creating history. Creating history.